Dopamine swipe, dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us, likes, double tap. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the 817 Podcast, where we talk news, business, politics, trends, and culture in the great city of Fort Worth. EJ, how are you feeling today? Good. I've been in Fort Worth for like three days in the last three weeks. <laughs> the, the closest I've been to Fort Worth these days is... I think I can say Mayor Maddie Parker's airport speech now. <laughs> you know, it's Mayor Maddie Parker. Welcome to the modern West. You know, I can say it. You know, it's it's good. You know what, though? I was like, you know what? Listening to it, I was like, the modern West makes sense for, like, tourism. Like, but it's just, like, not a cool name to say as a local. Like, we the modern West. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. like That's why, like, Funky Town or Panther City. Like, it's just, like, it's hard to, like as a local to rally around the buzzword but like i can see how it's a catchy buzzword for like tourists yeah airport speeches are a funny thing you yeah, know? yeah like i wonder where that started because every airport you fly into like the mayor's yeah. uh on the transportation or something to to greet you and welcome you yeah and then you know it was all about going to it's always about going to mule alley and stockyards which i most people will love that stuff, and so I got to get over it. But it was fun, and it was, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back home. We're doing this on a Saturday, so if we miss any crazy news on a Sunday that we didn't talk, um, our bad. But we have today, we didn't realize, we didn't feel like there was a lot of big stories about Fort Worth. Uh, I mean, a lot of this week felt like Fort Worth bragging about Fort Worth, you know. Um, so we're like, yeah, we're not going to like talk about a lot of different things or make a big story out of anything. There's a ton of updates to things. So we have about six stories that we're going to update. So there's no big story. Um, and then we're going to still do wins and losses. So the first stories we're going to hit is updates with uh, Glenn Whitley. Uh, Glenn Whitley is continuing to be in the news um, for just, I guess, lashing out to the Tarrant GOP. And uh, as you remember, he endorsed Mike Colgare. Uh, that happened on another pod, the Yolitics pod. And so he did that. And that was a big deal. But he's taking it a step further. He's now um, doing a meet and greet with Mike Collier, with Judge Glenn Whitley and Charlie Powell at the Fort Worth Club, Wednesday, September 28th. That's pretty interesting. He's taking it a step further of going to be in the same room with Mike, talk about why he's picking Mike, and he's doing it in the most like conservative room in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, besides maybe the stockyards, but <laughs> he's going to be in that room, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's kind of wild to go from just endorse you know like endorsing him across party lines is one thing for a retired candidate like it's not that big of a stretch but to be hosting a fundraising event for him like yeah that's a a pretty big leap yeah you know yeah that's yeah and i, I wonder who's going to be there is like betsy price going to show up and say her little two cents about why we shouldn't go down ballot but eventually, like my 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 thought is like, if you're gonna do this, go big, go home. Yeah, like yeah. like, because if I, we understand Dan Patrick has maybe more um, direct uh, responsibilities that impact Glenn Whitley, mm. so he's really upset at Dan Patrick. Yeah, but if I put a mic in Whitley's face right now and say, "Well, give me your logic model of why to still vote for Abbott, Paxton, or O'Hare." Like what, how is, you're doing all of this for Dan Patrick, but you're doing nothing for those. Yeah. What is the 
grand, grand difference right to make you step out once when you're already like the Terran GOP said what they said they don't like this they're yeah. not about this they're saying hey you know he's past his prime he's lost his mind he's old he's whatever that's what they're saying so like why don't you just swing for the fences because in order to get your Republican party back you probably need Democrat winners so then y'all become more the, your party the GOP becomes more logical they come back more center they're not taking all that right wing crazy stuff that's that's been working for them so swing for the fences yeah especially like for Ken Paxton too you know like yeah. i'm sure that you have i'm sure that your job has like run up with Ken Paxton as well so yeah what what is the the logic there of i'm going all out to try and get Dan Patrick to lose but the rest of you guys like you're chill it's not like, you know, Texas is a purple state and it's okay if like I think this shock of blue would be good for the Republican Party. You'll be able to get it back to where you want it to be. Sensical, conservative, but also collaborative, right? So, anyways, uh the other update there is that uh the associate judges that were um also called by Glenn Whitley to be defunded in the detention court they also um, have were given grace to pitch solutions. Um, Tarrant County leaders are giving the juvenile court system more time to propose solutions to overcrowding and the other problems before cutting the two associate judges' positions. Um, so there's some grace there for Cynthia Terry and Andy Porter, who only uh, had about third of their scheduled hearings that they needed to actually do between July 2021 and June 2022. This was, again, great reporting by Star Telegram um, for that he's given Alex Kim to provide a good explanation, good, good explanations. I can only imagine what <laughs> yeah. they're going to come up with. Well, the quote from uh, Mr. Whitley is, the problem is that I hear agencies that have provided services for our youth for decades saying things aren't going right. Whitley said in an interview with the Star Telegram on Saturday, I hear, I hear folks, I hear employees, I hear judges saying that. Um, but he did say, quote, good explanations from Alex Kim. So we'll see what happens there, um, but we got to keep them accountable for, for allowing this to happen to young people in Tarrant County. You want to move to the next story? Yeah, so next up, uh, Fort Worth's Development Services Department could add 40 new positions in fiscal year 2023, according to the proposed budget. The positions include transferring about $4.7 million for the salaries of 18 employees from the Water, Sewer, and Stormwater Department to Development Services. The department's budget would see a $10 million increase compared to last year. And part of the reason I wanted to highlight this is that as Fort Worth is growing and wants to try and grow in a healthy way, it is important that our development department be able to support that as we're going to have more and more you know plans submitted for new buildings uh zoning changes and whatnot we have to make sure that our departments can support that because if we've got developers coming in and it's going to take you know eight months just to get some plans approved like it's probably a red flag for a lot of them. So getting to actually bolster this department, I think will go a long way 
for this city and for making it easier for small businesses to develop as well. Yeah, no, and I've heard um, horror stories just like working with the city and going down to the basement, you know, to try to get approvals or, you know, your your, your project done is just... It's miserable. Yeah, miserable. And like your cell phone doesn't work down there, like you're... Yep. Yeah, nothing about it works well. You, you know, put your name in line for a waiting list and it's like, oh, your your wait time is seven hours. You're like, okay, seriously? Uh, and then you walk away and you get a text message like 20 minutes later and it's like, oh, you missed your spot. You're back in line for 10 hours from now. Uh, but the additional staff proposals for development services would be three positions responsible for the city's online permitting system called Excella, which if you have worked with uh, could use some help. Uh, four positions to create development services miscellaneous project. Uh, two positions for preservation and design. Two positions for expansion of parkway inspection. Two positions for senior construction inspectors. Two positions to reduce high turnaround time of reviews. Two positions to expand urban forestry team. One spot to help with increased demand of design procurement agreements. One position to help with GIS support, one position to help support downtown planning, one to help promote equity and planning initiatives, one for department support, one to assist transportation impact fee team, one to help with zoning plans review, uh, one to help with gas well inspections, a development project coordinator position, and a senior customer service rep position. I'd, I think that, I'd, I hope that this you know, all comes to fruition and seem to be really solidly paying jobs as well. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was wondering what percentage of that, those budgets is for salaries, you know? Yeah. I imagine that it's probably like 80% maybe. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that comes to fruition and, uh, especially for small businesses that don't, you know, necessarily have the resources to pay for somebody to go through all of this planning work for them and uh, help make it a more attractive and easier place to develop. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then next, sticking with talking about City Hall and the city, uh, we had a groundbreaking event for the new city hall building this week, uh, site enhancements at the building at the old, uh, pier one imports tower will include a new city council chamber facility, as well as a number of offices for boards and commissions. I, we, we both looked at this and we're like, like I knew this was coming. We had seen stories about this before, but we both looked at it and we're like, isn't this why we bought the Pier 1 building to not have to do this? Like, you're really telling me that the Pier 1 building is completely full and we don't have anywhere to uh, properly hold these sorts of things? Yeah, and the wasn't the pitch like... Yeah, it was the pitch like, hey, what's also beneficial about us moving into the, uh, the Pier 1 building is... Now we can get revenue because now we can have office space for other things in there. So it's like, it seems like you were even going to open up space for people, other people that be housed there. 
I thought like there's going to be other floors available. Yeah. So just, Which, just like the rendering of this building looks uh cool, you know? I I think it, a having a bigger space for city hall is definitely or for uh city council meetings is not a bad thing at all. Like we want to encourage people to come and yep. make sure that there's enough seats maybe that they're actually kind of comfortable you know yeah but again it was kind of like i thought we bought the pier one building to not have to do this so talking about a little more about some development we talked about main street america and its partnership with communities in fort worth maybe like a month ago now um but Commercial districts in two predominantly Latino neighborhoods in Fort Worth are on the cusp of revitalization following following years of disinvestment. Main Street America, over the course of three years, will give residents and business owners access to data, education, and business consultancy services, as well as up to 270000 worth of city-provided grant funding to reinvest in their neighborhoods. So we're looking at... Uh, Polly and the southeast side as well as the north side and trying to provide opportunities and investment for redevelopment in those areas. Um, Main Street America has a lot of experience in a number of large cities across the country, uh, even though this will be the largest investment it is made in a city in Texas. So the historic Northside effort will be led by the Fort Worth Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and uh, the Southeast Fort Worth Inc. will be doing so for Polly. Um, and I, I think that there's uh, the conversation that Main Street America wants to help with is making sure that growth is intentional and not gentrifying these areas. Like how do we invest well in these communities, but also make sure that they don't become gentrified. And I feel like we're in a lot of ways, starting at the ground level, especially with Polly, like yeah. you've got Texas Wesleyan here and the only place to eat like right across the street is black coffee or subway yeah. and I'm like there's nothing wrong with those two places but now that ben's triple b isn't there anymore like how do we develop a community around a university and create a good environment for both students and people living there um and then with the north side like we've obviously got a ton of money that has gone into the stockyards but the rest of the community around there has not seen that investment. So uh, overall, like it's a positive thing that this partnership is coming. Um, I think that it's a long way from the amount of money that needs to be invested in these communities, especially relative to some of the other investments that uh, the city and the county make. But I think having the, you know, business coaching and partnerships like that are what r will really help drive this home. Yeah, I mean, what's what's, you know, and and we saw uh Pro Junior, right? He went to a an event in Westland. Mm -hmm. There was a big event, an economic event. 
on the southeast side. Uh, and so if you get the elites over there and all, you know, they driving around in their subways and black coffee, that's it. You know, it seems like when you can get people in power now over there as well to also establish, establish capital, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this grassroots approach plus like the elites also being aware of the space, uh, how those two collide and mm. um, create a space that still um, feels uh, inclusive and also for people who are from there and for that community. Well, let's go ahead and move into the other update. So for a while now, Techstars, uh, we've been talking about this Techstars story where Fort Worth was the largest city without an accelerator. We got an accelerator. It's with Techstars. And it what, what made Fort Worth unique, it was the first of its kind because it was a accelerator specific on ideas that was revolutionizing re- revolutionizing physical health through technology. And so we finally have the 10 companies chosen from hundreds of applicants uh, that are going to be taking on this program. It's a 13-week program. The the uh, the businesses or, or the idea, the startups, will receive $120,000 in funding. Um, they will get mentorship uh, from people, which includes the HSC's president, Dr. Sylvia Trent Adams, uh, as a mentor. And... Um, the city and the county provided health, the Health Science Center $4.8 million to partner with Techstars. So uh, Goff Capital is obviously involved as well. Um, Goff Capital's plan to make nearly $10 million in equity investments over the next three years to support the startups. So um, why that's also big is because at the end of the Techstars program, they do like a demo day and um, they pitch basically to investors that's kind of how the program works so the fact that there's already um money being uh committed uh is good for those companies you know who's going to get some of that capital uh so you have 10 companies just a couple of them that i'm looking at that seem interesting there's one out of dallas articulate labs one out of charlotte boom room um GoManda is a digital solution building social skills through building vocabulary it provides a table-based flashcard platform for educators uh, Neurofit out of Toronto, a Swiss company called PulseWave AG, Toronto and Chicago, another group, Germany, Tampa, San Francisco, DC. I mean, these founders and, and aspiring um, companies are coming from all across the world and sitting right here in Fort Worth for 13 weeks. And what I'm excited about is they get to feel that Fort Worth culture of being able to make a dent. I mean, I think about how much fast we made a dent in podcasting in 13 weeks. Um, you know, once these founders see that kind of dent they can make in Fort Worth and how integrated they can be in the city, it might keep them wanting to stay and continue to build and community. And then now you're getting golf capital to commit money to you. Not like you're a Fort Worth company, baby. And now Mm -hmm. you're, now you're thriving and you were just here 13 weeks ago. Pretty powerful stuff that could happen if it goes well. Yeah, I think so too. And especially like you know, you're around the Health Science Center, you're seeing the museums, you're watching Goff build his big, like, museum place right next to the office. Um, I do, I agree that at first I was like, nah, it's kind of a bummer that, like, there's not a local company included. Um, but then you realize the opportunity to bring these people in and let them see Fort Worth and, yeah, see that 
you know, linear labs and other places are bringing their investment here. Um, I think it's a really big potential growth opportunity, which is obviously what tech stars and the team at the health science center saw in this and in wanting to bring it here. Yeah. And, and and then, you know, we saw uh, one of those kind of random articles where like forest, the third friendliest or like nicest city or whatever. So, you know, these people now go to, you know, Dreis, they go to Southside, they meet people, they build friends. I mean, it's such an easy, like, yeah, it's so easy for Fort Worth to make an impression if you give somebody 13 weeks and then they can see it, right? Because in in, in 13 hours, the things you want to do is stockyards and, you know, the silly Mm -hmm. stuff that is, that is just kind of take a photo, but like this entrenched approach is just going to be super, super exciting. It's super cool to see. Um, cool. Well, let's go ahead and move into what was closest to the big story. Uh, you want to go ahead and give us that one? Yeah. The city this week, city council unanimously pledged to give up to $15 million for the national Juneteenth museum. The 50,000 square foot museum will be in the historic South side at Evans and Rosedale. It'll house exhibits, events and discussions, as well as a restaurant and amphitheater and a business incubator. So the developer must raise $70 million before the city makes its contribution. And, They've already set an open date of Juneteenth, twenty twenty five, which I think is that's a a bold statement. And that, like you're saying that this is happening, like you know that you're get going to be able to come by this seventy million dollars. They know Opal don't got a lot of time. They trying to, they're <laughs> trying to make sure she's alive for it, and uh, already requesting that the grandmother of Juneteenth's burial ceremony and 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 place of of support is at the museum, <laughs> right? It'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but let's get it done before uh, yeah. we have to think about that. That's she'll why she'll be lying in wake there. Yeah, uh, there's a so there will be a food hall that will focus on culturally black cuisine, a business incubator to promote entrepreneurship. Um, but the story or update with this is that the city is planning to invest fifteen million dollars into it once the developer. Uh, has raised their seventy million, and they've already got the the plans. the The building looks like it'll be really cool. Um, but I was just very surprised to see them throw an open date down because yeah. if you're saying it's a once they raise seventy million dollars, we'll throw in fifteen. That says to me that they haven't yet, but they're acting like it's in the bag yeah hey i mean it's it's you want opal if it's right to try to get it done while opal is still here to yeah celebrate it you know yeah. she goes from being a kid who sees her house get burned down to now seeing uh the national juneteenth museum in her later years of life i mean what a what a story you know and hey, you know, I'm just saying, you know, if Trump was able to have his ex-wife buried on in a, in a golf course, <laughs> I think the the grandmother of Juneteenth should be at the museum. I think that's a fair <laughs> that's a fair ask. Yeah, well, uh, you, you'll have to reach out to the developer. And yeah, uh, it's a weird thing to talk about right now. You know, it's like because we want her to go to you know she's still walking those the the, the two two miles she's still walking it. Yeah. So. 
she's a she's a strong strong lady. So we'll we'll see what happens. But it'd be awesome. Uh, can't can't imagine how how the impression it would make. You yeah. Know? So uh, good for us though, because I I we talk about how we don't take this serious and we mess this up. Fort Worth messed this up. You get the National Juneteenth Museum here, and if it's not wow, like. We, we did ourselves a disservice of bringing tourists, which we care about, um, here, right? We always talk about how, you know, equity and black museums and are, are a trend of increase. People are traveling to go to places like that to mm-hmm. see black history. Um, let's, let's be a, a, a melting pot and a stopping point for people who want to take three-day trips. And it's not because they want to go to stockyards. It's because they want to go to this museum. All right, like I think that there's a there's a market for that, and we can meet that moment if we take it seriously. So I hope the seven million pitch, it's there's an addressable market. There's a there's a pitch on how this can be sustainable. It should be an easy pitch to keep it fast and hit that deadline. Yeah, you ready to move into wins and losses? Let's make it happen, man. I'll start with my loss, and uh, it's just that. Uh, Mr. Greg Abbott paid a visit to Fort Worth on Wednesday and had a big fundraising event at the Hotel Drover uh, down in the stockyards. And uh, I was surprised that there wasn't like much media around this. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a high dollar thing to get into, but nothing in the Star Telegram, at least that I saw. Uh, I feel like it was... Uh, a little bit more low key than I expected it to be, which maybe that's how it is when you're the incumbent and you're pretty sure you got it in the bag. Or it's also because this is Fort Worth at its finest of acting like the nicest city in the world. But then you really true colors are not shown. So you sit in the power rooms and you actually show how you really feel, but you act like you're nice. This is classic Fort Worth in all Fort Worth part. Oh, we need to spend all this money at the stockyards because we're the modern West and we're cowboys with cowboy hats. And like always, the only time you see cowboy hats in anywhere that's not the rodeo, which is coming, get your ticket. But besides that, it's at Governor Abbott events. It is at, it is on Wayburn's head. Mm-hmm. What the, it embodies is this agenda that we all propagate and support and spend city money to keep up. And then we have this fancy hotel holding Governor Abbott. And then we have our powerful for, for the police association being able to also be there and do all that. And it's quit, you know, quit sending Chief Noakes to black kid events when we know what you're really trying to do. He's a nice guy, but we know that it's a system that is out there to keep the narrative for the current people in power. And 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 Fort Worth is really its last metro. It's the only metro that that the GOP has to be to to push their agenda. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that really is a big loss. Again, I'm the battle with police being able to have power to endorse candidates. I mean, what if the teacher association did this? What if what if Fort Worth ISD hosted Beto O'Rourke? You know what would happen? Everybody would release their kids from school. Yeah. They ain't going back. Liberal agenda, right? They would, they would, they would destroy schools. But police get to walk around and just endorse candidates and do this. And it's not like we can be like, no, we're not going to listen to you when you tell me to put my hands up. 
because now you can shoot, you're going to shoot me or, you know, cause I'm not going to arrest me and tackle me. But you, if teachers did this, you'd be throwing a fit. And that's like, honestly, city officials, city associates, we just got to get politics out of things that represent all people. And that's what makes us so, so poor is like hotel drover. You're going to have people from all over coming to you. And now you're getting involved in politics. You're paying, it's okay to maybe have the event at hotel drover, but your logo is on the back of it. So you're promoting and proud and you're putting your logo on the, on the event. That to me just takes it to the other store. Yeah, and uh, I guess this means that we need Hotel Dreis to host Beto. <laughs> they can continue their uh, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So, so this actually goes into my loss, right? Uh, Tarrant County, this is a local, uh, this is a Fort Worth report. Tarrant County Sheriff's Office will use an additional $2.2 million to solve an $18 million problem. Get this, right? So you get $2 million to solve an $18 million problem. While Tarrant County struggles to house inmates, the Tarrant County Sheriff's, Sheriff's Office uh, will receive an additional $2.2 million through Tarrant County's proposed 2023 budget. County officials hope the funding, which will target higher salaries for jail employees and new patrol officers, will ease some of the office staffing challenges. Tarrant County recently forced to spend $18 million to house inmates in, pri- in a private prison in Garza County. All right. So out in Lubbock. The budget will now allow the sheriff's office to increase the annual salary for det- for detention officers to $50,000. The county has 160 open positions at the jail. The office employs 1,400 people, so over 10% of vacancy. Uh, the sheriff's office and its employees perform an essential function for the county, as we know. Uh, and so they're all saying that this new budget that's going to give $2.2 million to raise the prices where now we're going to believe, believe it says we're going to be the highest paid detention staff in the state, um, th- that that's going to solve the problem. That's so from jumping from $44,000 to $50,000, um, Dallas is $46,841. The big aha saying is like, oh, we're going to spend $2.2 million dollars. And that's going to get 160 people to sign up. And we're no longer going to have to spend $18 million private prisons in Lubbock. Now, here's the biggest crazy thing about it is that Sheriff Bill Wayborn gets to harp how he's efficient and uh, efficient and, uh, and, and good with the budget. But because we already don't vote for salaries and we try to pay people very little, we now have to spend $18 million because nobody wants to work for you. And it's like, how can you brag that you're efficient? But then you're spending $18 million to house inmates to do your job because we can't do the job because we're so efficient. It doesn't make any sense. So now you harp your, that you're doing your job because what you can harp is that our, that our, that our salaries are low and we don't upvote on salaries. Now you are because you're desperate, but usually we vote against higher salaries and so I'm just, it's a big loss because this is not going to change the $18 million issue. You're yeah. still going to be over there using $18 million. The CEO of that profit prison is going to sit and have lunch with you. You are probably buddies. You golf, you shoot at the gun range. I don't know what you guys do together. You're going to sign another big deal with them and they're going to make money doing your job for you with our tax dollars. And then you're going to come back to Fort Worth and Tarrant County and talk about how you're effective and efficient when we're wasting a bunch of money to ship people to Lubbock. Yeah, and it's like the article is written it or edited in a kind of like roundabout way to bury the lead, and that's that 
we spend $18 million housing inmates in other places because we don't have the staff to properly house them. So what if we spent that $18 million paying the staff instead of just two, you don't even need the extra. You don't even need the extra two. We'll give you an extra 16. Yeah. You know, let's take that $18 million, pay the people here instead of your private prisons, which, you know, I don't know, maybe they're giving you some clap back on, yeah. on that. Like you're, you know, going on their hunting leases and, uh, yeah. Finding some dollar bills in your barrels. Uh, <laughs> But it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. One hundred percent. That's the loss, so it goes with kind of your loss. Um yeah. Uh, it's we need to continue to have this conversation because we need to keep Wayburn accountable, Alex Kim accountable. Um we should be upset on how we are managing our systems when it comes to uh law. Mm. Right. And yeah, somehow we keep getting raises. But yet we're not getting results. Show some accountability. Um, call these people out, you know, uh, rather than uh, just continue to give them more money. Like that's going to be the issue. Yeah. Like that's going to solve the problem. My win is actually a, a space in Fort Worth uh, that actually needed more money. And that is the Historic Preservation Department. Uh, Fort Worth has the second most uh, historical sites uh, uh, in, in Texas after San Antonio. But we only had like one person working. Uh, to support our historic preservation areas. And so now there's going to be an increase um, and shout out to the historic Fort Worth Inc and their founder or chairman, John Roberts, who has been keeping Fort Worth accountable on trying to upkeep and understand the importance of these areas and that we need more money to make sure we preserve these effectively, which this funding for the staff increase is included in the 2020 budget a part of what jimmy was talking about in one of the and it's going to be added in, in those 40 new positions so my win is just um it just shows you the power of community community fighting for mm -hmm. things um and uh how change is able to happen and create awareness to solve a problem so my win is that we are now staffing um staffing this department uh effectively so that we could do better at preserving uh fort worth yeah i think that's awesome um my win is that Fort Worth Fashion Week is back. This is the second year in a row that it is going to be held. And to me, it just kind of feels like a big city thing, you know? Like, mm. I, I expect a big city to have some sort of event like this. And so it has uh, already been happening some this past week, but then coming up, there's more September 19th, 20th, really all week. Go follow Fort Worth Fashion Week on Instagram uh, to see the full schedule of everything that's coming up. But I'm just uh, really happy for the people behind this. We It's a lot of entrepreneurs and movers and shakers in Fort Worth, like Philip Maximilian, uh, Carly from Law the Label that are getting to showcase a lot of the cool things that are happening in the city in fashion. So I'm excited for them that year one was successful enough that they're like, we need to do this again. We're going to do it bigger. Uh, and so I hope that it's something that, you know, in 
20, 30 years we're looking back on and still seeing occurring annually because of the, the work being done and the, the vision of these people now. Yeah. No, that's super cool. I, uh, you know, I, w- I was at Hotel Dryce yesterday and I thought I was fashionably forward. And then I went to the restroom and I actually looked at myself in a full mirror and I was like, what did I just put on? So I don't think I got fashion. So maybe I just need to go to take some lessons. But uh, yeah, man, let's make it happen. So, hey, we did a, a, we did a, a pod under 40 minutes. It's been a long time since we did that. Yeah, it so. kind of feels like what the week that feels yeah, yeah, fitting. Yeah. yeah yeah the week was just updates yeah um and and we got through them all right well we continue to keep you guys updated thank you so much for listening to the 817 podcast we enjoy doing this we enjoy getting your text messages your emails your feedback how we can get better uh we're really excited uh, to continue this movement as fort worth continues to grow subscribe share with a friend leave a five-star rating whatever you could do to continue to support the 817 podcast Jimmy, I'll see you next week as we continue to do our thing. Yeah, have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening. Dopamine, 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 swipe. Follow us like double